to the Enterprise Design Podcast, brought to you by VMware Design. My name is Laurel Byers, and I'm here with my co-host, Tashar Roy, and we are both managers at VMware uh, for design, different design teams here. Um, this is our very first episode, so we just want to introduce ourselves to y'all, the audience, and we want to let y'all get to know us a little bit better, what led us to doing the podcast, what led us to VMware, um, and what this podcast is going to be all about, which is enterprise design. So that's a bit about that. Um, Tishar, let's have you kick it off. Who are you? Hello, Laurel. Hello, listeners. My name is Tushar Roy, and I'm an engineer by education, a designer by passion. Um, of course, currently I'm a product design manager at VMware like Laurel, but my career started many years ago as a web designer. That was a time when uh, UI, UX, CX, or any design was called web design. And I immediately had a twist. <laughs> I, I turned out to be a very bad designer because of my colorblindness. Um, I was aware of it uh, from uh, since my school days, and so color pickers were my best friends. But I realized it could only take me so far. So I had to fall back on full stack software development. I like that that's a fallback. <laughs> that's a fallback. <laughs> yeah, almost like plan B. So yeah, I did that for almost 10 years. And then when the design industry was, I guess, a lot more matured, I was able to make a comeback as a product designer. And at that <laughs> time, we had design systems for all the good reasons. So thanks to our Clarity Design System and I guess as a large enterprise, brand was long established. So I didn't have to worry about visual design much. And this time you were, you were at VMware at this point, right? Yes, yes. So I started as a single designer in our org. And as my projects grew, we formed a team. And I noticed myself supporting and coaching my team more than actually doing hands-on detailed design. And that's when I moved to management role. How about you? How did you get into design? Oh, uh, well, hmm. So I've been in design for almost 10 years. Not necessarily product design. I started in graphic design. Well, I actually, I started in theater. So <laughs> way back when I was going to college, um, I was pursuing theater and I was minoring in art. And I, I wanted to do something like in the science realm or the tech realm, but I just, I couldn't really figure out what it was. But my last semester, I took a design class and it, I don't even, it wasn't called UX, but in retrospect now, I'm like, okay, that was definitely a UX course because we were like, uh, we were um, volunteering our time to improve uh, a nonprofit website in New York and use it, like learning about all the like eye scanning and like tracking and analytics stuff. And uh, it really, right? Yeah. And it, it, it just really clicked for me. I, I, the the professor was like, okay, you should probably do this. And I was like, well, it's a little late. I'm, you know, already about to graduate. So once I graduated, I I should have been pursuing acting. And I kind of was. I was like going on some, you know, auditions and stuff. I was also waiting tables because that's what you do when you're acting. Um, but I found myself more often than not just like at the computer learning design stuff and like building. A lot of it spun up from like our my husband and I's wedding I was planning it at the time I was like I'm gonna build everything from scratch so like I was doing you know the stationary invitations and then the website I remember doing slicing in uh an illustrator which is like terrible now but you know at the time I was just having fun and learning through failing 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that means you did design. It's just that you were not aware of it. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so you know, I learned through that, and I was I was starting to pick up like freelance jobs. So I was doing logos for people. I was doing um, a lot of like web design stuff, um, and you know, basic things, dabbling here and there. Um, and a few years later, I actually went back to like a a three year um, conservatory kind of thing for like a boot camp, right? Um, it allowed me to build a portfolio. It kind of gave me more clear terminology and, and structure to what I had already been doing. Um, and at that point, uh, my my now husband at that point, we moved over to California. I got my first full-time design job um, at a credit union. And it was supposed to be a graphic design job. It definitely was more than that. It was it was actually very free reign, mainly because they didn't know. I don't I don't think they really knew what a designer should do. <laughs> so I made it what I wanted it to do. So I was kind of involved in everything. And that allowed me to get my foot into the door on the UX side. Um, after that, I hopped around a bit. I did you know some contracting. I ended up at an agent, a design agency for a while, which was super fun getting to learn about all the different industries and possibilities within design. Um, then I landed at a startup called Nianza. Um, I, for the most part, there was the only designer um, for a while. I don't want to discredit the other designer I was with because he's a wonderful friend and mentor now. <laughs> um, but once he left, I kind of took over as the only designer. And if, like two years after that, we got acquired by VMware. And now three years later, here we are. <laughs> I'm a manager uh, for the uh, Secure Access Service Edge business group. Um, which sounds really technical. And I'm sure at some point, maybe we'll dive deeper into like what our roles are at VMware, because I think that's an interesting lens of uh, enterprise design. But uh, but yeah, that's where I am now. And I manage a small team of designers for it. That is that is excellent. And I guess our audiences, a lot of them would be able to relate to um, joining the design industry from other disciplines. Yeah, it's very common. You know, like I feel like most people I meet or at least 50% that are in design have come from like a different background, you know? Yeah. And, and it's a very inclusive field by the very nature of mm -hmm. contextual problem solving. Um, I guess we need diverse perspective to be able to really design for an inclusive world. Well, yeah, to your point, that's such a beautiful thing about design is, 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 uh, how inclusive it can be. Um, I, obviously, that can always like improve through time. I I love that you mentioned you know being colorblind. That's also like an interesting you know part to inclusivity um, is is the whole accessibility movement. Um, and then there's the whole like just background like people being able to transition um, into design from different backgrounds and not necessarily needing degrees in it, um, though those obviously help a lot. And that's not discrediting people with degrees. I wish I had one in, in design. <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah. I, I think getting the fundamentals of the craft right, right at the beginning of a career has unmatched benefits. <laughs> what was your question that I cut you off? <laughs> oh, yeah. I wanted to ask if you would like to share with our audience um, your journey with dyslexia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yes. Well, I... I actually did a talk on dyslexia, um, not to promote it here, but um, so yeah, I, I was diagnosed with dyslexia um, in first grade, which is like kind of unheard of. You're not usually diagnosed that young, but knowing that at, from such a young age that I had this, um, you know, learning, know, not disability, but learning difference is a, a good way of, of saying it. 
um, that the challenges that that's going to pose, right, in the educational system, and also now being a, a full grown adult in like you know a day to day job, there are things that get impacted by my my dyslexia. But I think it's actually been more of a, a blessing than a than a curse um, because from a young age I've always been very it's shaped my personality right like i've always seen like okay i'm going to i'm going to beat this i'm going to you know figure out how to use it towards my advantage um it's going to help me problem solve and that's the part that like really i connect with so well on the design side um because i've had to problem solve my whole life in the context of being dyslexic and trying to still make good grades and be successful right um, so I've all, I've just kind of been primed to be that way just naturally because of that challenge. And I, I find that that translates really well, um, over to design, but yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm curious, like with, with like enterprise design as a whole, like we, we've talked a lot about doing this podcast cause there's kind of a, a gap, you know, in, in maybe the documentation and the articles and blogs and podcasts out there that don't really, um, double click on what B2B or enterprise design is. There's a lot of consumer product, you know, information out there <laughs> for design, but not so much for this. Like, so what do you, I mean, maybe share with the audience on, on your perspective of like why, why we're even doing this and why it's of value. Sure, sure. I think the first would be awareness. You know, how is enterprise design any different or similar to consumer? And then I guess we have different lenses to look at it, right? One, um, from the customers and users' lens, how we have a you know probably a lot more personas and a lot more complexity within a much smaller um, customer and user base, it, very different from consumers, mm-hmm. right? And second, agility. You know, think of how um, a major customer can make you consider changing your design directions. Again, very different from uh, consumer. And then there is this, what's the scene today? You know, how the enterprise design industry shaped itself since maybe, you know, since large enterprises started taking design seriously. And what mindsets and methods do we have at our disposal today to deliver best and take the cause of design forward, you know, with all others involved, sponsors, product teams, engineers, marketing. There's so much to come, I guess, you know, one episode at a time. Right. Let's say. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, I agree with everything you're saying. And, and the thing I'm really excited about exploring more here and, and helping others grow um, in their understanding is like the technical nature of it all, right? Like it, the process and the, the, the design things that we do aren't that different from consumer, but it's more like, okay, how do we, how do we, um, bring awareness to this in our teams that might be very engineering driven. And that tends to happen a lot more with these enterprise, you know, products. Right. Um, and there's a lot more technical to your point challenges that doesn't mean you won't face in consumer products, but you're dealing with like a lot of legacy stuff. You know, you're dealing with um, just a lot of moving parts, like infrastructure stuff too, that might not be a common use case that you deal with in the consumer space. Uh, I can speak, you know, from my own experience now working in like the network and security space, um, something that I don't traditionally have a background in has been very fascinating learning about those personas and those jobs to be done within these products and how it's so critical to make sure that these experiences are um, not just delightful, though uh, that can be important, but more so like 
that it actually does what we're saying it does and that it functions correctly so it doesn't take down the internet or like break something, right? <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Uh, I think the first four years of my career was just about migrating old legacy applications to new modern applications. That's funny. Mine's have been like all integration projects. It's like, okay, it's been... <laughs> it's been like that movie Inception where it's like, okay, we're integrating into this product, which is also integrating into this product. And soon enough, we'll need to be integrating into this product. And I'm like, wow, I've never been like <laughs> in such a challenging design uh, situation in my life. It's very fun though, like to have to deal with some complex problems like that and collaborate, not just with designers, but more importantly, like the cross-functional team uh, to make sure that this is even like possible to be done you know yeah and all those single pane of glass oh, yeah. applications <laughs> you nail on the head single pane of glass is like the the buzzword of my bu <laughs> <laughs> and and that's true for a lot of other bus too um and i think there was a need of the time you know when there's so much complexity and mm -hmm. scale that we need to make sense of data and so integrated solutions make it so much easier for our enterprise yeah. customers. Oh, and I had one more uh, design maturity. Like I, um, you know, I, I, I hope, I think we will be very transparent about, you know, how consumer products tend to be a lot more higher in design maturity um, in the sense of like uh, how well developed um, the design org is in those companies. Um, and, you know, enterprise products, B2B products are just, some of them are starting to catch up, right? I feel like VMware is starting to catch up, but you know, there's still a lot of learning and growth that we need to do. And I want to be transparent about that and have great conversations about them in this podcast because I think it's important for you know our audience. Who, uh, we'll talk more about that in a moment, but like should should know like what are the challenges, but what are also the opportunities with that? Because sometimes you go to a company and it is really well structured, like the design team is is like so structured that you don't even have an opportunity to grow in it, right? You're kind of like a, a cog in a machine, but um, a benefit of maybe being in a place that isn't like that is that you can kind of help build it and grow the maturity um, and lead that in your department, right? Um, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, um, enterprise software carry a lot more technical debt than a fresh consumer product, right? Uh, so on that note, Laurel, uh, please share with our listeners who you think would benefit from our conversations and what can they hope to learn? Yeah, well, my hope is and, and why, you know, when we reached out to each other, I was so excited to like talk about doing something like this podcast was was that I have been uh, mentoring a lot on, you know, uh, different platforms outside of humor um, to help those that are entering the field. Um, understand what all's out there. And what I notice is there's a really big gap in understanding what enterprise design even is, that that's even an opportunity. And I get it because all these people, including myself, like you, you know, you have an iPhone at birth now, basically. <laughs> and, and you're, and you're intrigued by like the experience that you're having on these different social media apps or like purchasing clothes and things. And that is typically the hook for people to be like, Ooh, I want to be able to do things like this. Oh, that's design. Oh, that's UX design. I'm going to go, you know, the school for it, whether that's a boot camp or a degree program. But they're not taught in these schools very much about the other side of it, where there are also all of these other use cases of, of B2B products or enterprise products, right, that, that you're not using daily, but a whole group of people are. And it needs, you know, the love and attention from designers to go make it better so that it is just as 
um, awesome as it experiences these consumer products going out there. Um, that is what I hope that this podcast gives more insight into to our uh, more junior audience entering the design field. So they see like, oh, there's far more opportunities out there than just consumer product. Um, and maybe I can like, you know, really succeed in that and learn a lot more and be challenged in interesting ways. Um, and then there's the cross-functional team aspect, right? Like uh, engineering teams and and product management, and I'm going to miss all the other ones, leadership, all these different groups that know about design, but hey, we keep changing our name for stuff. It's like suddenly we're just, you know, web designers or UX designers or product designers. That's very confusing. Let's just like <laughs> help bring some clarity to that. Um, ultimately, it's all of us striving for making a great, you know, experience. Um, and what does that mean when it comes to like design being uh, another team within an enterprise product and development cycle. How about you? Do you would you agree? Or is there any other audience there? Hundred <laughs> um, percent. I I really hope that yeah. we are able to bring clarity to this seemingly scary and complex niche, and we and and we can do that by bringing to them firsthand experiences and insights from the industries, right? So anyone intending to join this area or anyone who's curious about what goes in can get it seamlessly. Sail through it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Smooth smooth sailing for any future designer out there. I mean, it'll come with challenges, but there'll be good learning opportunities. <laughs> right? Unlike how people like you and I had to figure it out uh, through trial and error. And my hope also is that they can then also bring in new perspective and ideas to improve the space further, right? And, and I also hope a lot of our product management and engineering partners will be able to get insights of how we operate under the hood, right? And what seeing, thinking, doing really goes behind the scenes. You know, I have come to believe that unless your cross-functional partners really understand what you're trying to bring to the table, we would not have collaboration at the root level as effectively as we can. Uh, you see, I was a UI engineer for 10 years and, and, and I thought that product design was just, you know, visual delight and UI usability. And from my experience as an engineer, I can tell you how design teams can avoid slowing down engineering efforts. So similarly, I hope that through this podcast, our partners outside UX would be able to learn how they can help us best to help them, right? Yeah, yeah. Well said. Um, awesome. Well, I know we already have a couple episodes you know, recorded, and I'm really excited to get those out there and having um, whoever our audience is out there listening. Um, with that said, you know, this is a podcast and the lovely thing about podcasts is you post them on social media and people can interact with you. So I'm really looking forward to um, the topics and questions and um, ideas that people, um, you know, share with us along the way. And hopefully that also influences the direction that this podcast goes as well. Exactly. And that's the support we need from audience to make this podcast successful, right? Yeah. We're going to try to post on a monthly basis um, and maybe increase it from there after a couple of episodes. And we're looking forward to this and we hope you all enjoyed too. Um, happy listening. All right. Bye for now. <laughs>